0: Hello and welcome to the purpose Mommy with Minnie Marie podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Minnie Marie, and our topics range on our show from parenting, wellness, helpful tips, to transparency of parenting challenges. That's right. We keep it real. In addition to that, living a purpose-filled life and so much more. Thank you all so much for joining me on my new adventure of this podcast. Oh my gosh, this is actually the close of our first season. Did da Yes, I'm so excited about that. In addition to that, that we're about to celebrate in the next few hours, the turn of a decade. That's right. 2020. It is about to go down. Oh my gosh. I feel like playing the print song party like it's 1999, but it actually it's about to be 2020. So we're going to talk about just this beautiful decade the lessons learned we're going to talk about transparency and call me out girl where were you for Christmas how can you do a Thanksgiving podcast and dip on Christmas so we're going to talk about all that and more and I just cannot wait to dive in today's topic that's right 2020 let's start this countdown All right. So, you know, as usual, we're diving right into today's topic. So on our New Year's holiday special, the first question is, where were you for Christmas? So I have to be completely honest with you. Oh, my goodness. I know it's going to sound completely bootleg. How can you go from a Thanksgiving special and just skip Christmas? I really feel like and this is not a cop out that Christmas is one of those special holidays for those who celebrate it. Or even if you don't really celebrate the holiday For those of us who, you know, we don't celebrate the holiday, but we are off doing that time. I look at that time as definitely a time to connect with your family. And I'm going to be honest with you too. I am a closet Grinch. I know it'll throw you off. I got like two or three of the holiday cheesy sweaters and I do, and I do decorate. However, the Christmas uh, holiday, when it comes down to the commercial lies part, that is something I'm completely not into. Now, the spiritual aspect aspect of it, and I enjoy attending um, worship service on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, if, you know, the church I'm attending has that. But definitely the other part of it, the hustle and bustle, I'm definitely not a fan of. Definitely, definitely not a fan of. And I do. This is one of those things that I fake it till I make it for the sake of the children. I really do. And the ambivert of me. Is completely overwhelmed when it comes down to guests, because not only are you off, sometimes you get, you know, your other loved ones are off too. And it's like an influx of people just around. Thanksgiving was kind of mellow for me. It really was. No one um, came into town to visit. It was just the kids and I and my nephew. Christmas holiday break, completely opposite. It was just out of the blue Woo! <laughs> with everybody. Can we meet up? Can we come by? And my mom comes in from Atlanta and... You talk about a personality. I love her to death. She is full of personality. When she comes in, it's 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 a di- it's a big difference. <laughs> it's a big difference. She comes in full throttle, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to catch my breath, and I do. I I, I do decorate. I feel so bad sometimes because usually it's the week up and this particular holiday, it was literally a few days of maybe like two or three days before Christmas. It it literally was. So yeah. So for those of you guys who are like, now, you, now, you know, you're wrong, Minnie. I'm being completely honest. And then I'll, I'll also be um transparent with you too. And it's not to be like a, you know, a sad part of it, but during the Christmas holidays, I don't know why doing break time or near that time, I experienced um, some, some loss during that time. I remember when I was 15 doing winter break, that was actually when my father passed, um, my sophomore year in high school and a couple of other things that happened right before Christmas that I don't want to go into right now talking about, but it really kind of like, I don't know. it, It, like I said, if we keep for those of us who, you know, know the, the reason for Christmas, Jesus is the reason for, for the season. You know, it's like, it's, you know, not to make it selfish and about us. And I try my best not to. And that's why I definitely go through with making sure my children have a blast. However, for me, myself, sometimes I do fight with like the over being overwhelmed with everyone that's coming by the expectations of everyone coming by getting the house ready and everything else in between, and the gift buying, all of that that's not my love language. Um, for the most part, my children are quality time, but around Christmas time, it's like you know, everybody wants something under the tree. But I am grateful that my children are definitely baby dolls, balls, and little like little gadgets. They're not, I mean, I've never had to like fork out a thousand or more for Christmas never not even close to that so I'm definitely happy about that so for Christmas I just enjoyed that time with spending one-on-one with my family um trying to keep my mom <laughs> a full-blown I love her a tornado coming in Woo! <laughs> you know trying to handle that and just really connecting so forgive me if it was a cop-out I'm sorry but yeah so Merry Christmas, happy belated Christmas for those of us who celebrate Christmas and happy holidays. So this is something I thought about. I saw a post on it. It was talking about those of us who were born in the 80s, raised in the 90s, a teen in the 2000, a young adult in the 2000. And what's it like being a parent? And that's me. I was born in the 80s. I'm a complete 80s baby. And I don't remember much about the 80s. I was kind of too young. I do remember the Jerry curl for those of us who know about the curl. I remember that was like, I'm a hip hop baby too. So I remember the, the, the early hip hop with my oldest brother who is like almost 10 years older than me. So I can remember some of the music he would listen to. I wasn't allowed to listen to it, but I can remember him, you know, uh, listening to run, DM, run DMC and all of that. So and growing up in the inner city, I remember the the cool styles that everybody was rocking and wearing. And then um, the 90s is mostly what I can remember. See, I'm a hammer time, baby. Stop. Hammer time. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I actually did have the hammer pants. And did, did you know they had hammer shoes? And I also was a new kid on the blocks fan. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, let me tell you. Okay. So <laughs> my kids would know nothing about this. So back in the day. If you were a fan, you were an extreme fan. So my mom actually bought me the full comforter bedding set of new kids on the block. I know, right? So I don't even remember the band member's name. I really don't. And then again, I told you where I grew up. So when I would have friends come over and they're like, what? (laughs) And they're seeing these like, oh my gosh, just imagine Yes, it was cheesy with the, with the actual pictures of all the band members and the curtains. My mom went all out. I told you my mom was extra. <laughs> so I remember the nineties more. I really do. I loved family matters. Don't you remember TGI Friday? Those of us who used to watch ABC with Urkel. I love that. What was another show? I think it was step children, step something. But I remember it was, um, a mother and a father. Uh you know, man and a woman they were together they all he had a set of boys and she had a set of girls and they had this huge family i remember it came came on after the um after the uh family matters and then what else I love fresh Prince of Bear lair, oh goodness, once upon a time, and yeah <laughs> yeah, I'm like definitely a nineties uh baby that I can remember the most of I love Laura from. Uh, Family Matters. I loved her style. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I think I had a lot of her clothes. The Spice Girls. I don't know what year. I don't know if that was. Late 1999. I only was at 1999 to 2000, but I definitely remember the Spice Girls. I actually had those platform tennis shoes that I was that I actually was rocking. I'm being honest with you. You're like, oh my gosh, you were so lame. But I wasn't. It was actually cool back then. It was like create your own style. And I look at the teenagers now as a middle school teacher, and I'm seeing them wear like jeans with holes in them. And a lot of times we didn't wear that, but I do remember too, um, teen spirit. Um, I was a eclectic child when it came to, came down to music. So I liked, um, music from all types of genres. So teen spirit was definitely, uh, one of the hits I used to rock out on. Um, definitely all the nineties music and stuff like that. Definitely. I was into the grunge hip hop. The R&B, yes. So, yeah, I remember the 90s. All right, the young adult part of 2000, that was more coming up to my senior year, college year. And um, I remember this was the year of getting crunk. That was the little John. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty much, I tell you guys I'm an ambivert all the time, but my, my extroverted side is something else. So I definitely remember uh, getting crunk, as they would say, and, and and rocking out when it came down to that. And I remember my first homecoming in college, little John came and the East side boys (laughs) and they rocked out in our gym and it was like, what in the world? Like he is literally that all the time that, yeah. Yeah. That's him. (laughs) And it was, it was man. I'll never forget that time. So I don't know, growing up in the 99s and the nineties and the two thousands, I would say, Um, why was I about to say cash money taken over? (laughs) Oh gosh, Cash money taken over for the $2,000. (laughs) i am so telling my age, but definitely when it came down to growing up, there was a sense of innocence. You know, we didn't really have cell phones. It wasn't any social media. We actually connected with one another. Even if you were a latchkey kid, if you were, uh, if you had a single parent, like I did, there was an accountability, like, you had to, you know, definitely check with mom. I don't even know how we did it because we didn't have cell phones. We just had this, you know, the phone with the long cord, the the landline. Oh my gosh, or the cordless phone, and you knew to call in and all of that. I remember dial up internet. You remember when they would send like the little free disk in the mail, and you were like so excited because it would say like a thousand hours of free internet. You're like what? So yeah, I can't believe I actually said dial up. But yeah. It was a sense of innocence, you know, now being a parent in the two thousands um definitely, I feel like our children are exposed way more far in advance than what we had to deal with. There wasn't any YouTube. There wasn't any of those things. And even though we try to make provisions as parents, when it comes down to these apps and stuff, such as TikTok and all of that, there's always some type of loophole and some type of jerk or somebody that gets in and mess it up. And, um, some of the things our parents did now, if we did it to our children, being completely honest, we'll probably be called by, uh, (laughs) children's protective service, (laughs) But I don't know. I saw children playing outside and having fun. I don't see that now. Not not as much. And what I try to do with my, cho- my children as a parent is make sure that they have that opportunity to be a child. I know you have the cell phones. I know you have a gadget. You have all these different gadgets such as tablets and all of that. I want them to still be children. So one of the things I do, and I think sometimes when people think you grow up in an inner city or that was your life that... You know, it was always concrete. But no, um, we had the exposure as children with visiting with our grandparents, going to church to Waynesboro, Georgia in the country, I would say. And we will see the cows and the and the goats and all of that and the dirt road. And I wanted my children to have those experiences, not just with the dirt road, with playing outside and rolling down the hill. You have not lived your life. If you haven't rolled down a hill, like just one time, I know you're an adult, just one time say pause kids. You see that hill? just go for it. Just go for it. All right. <laughs> or seeing a big pile of dirt. Yes. I was a dirt diver. As my mom would say, I was just, even now, if I see a pile of dirt, I'm like, don't do it, Minnie. Don't do it. And I put, just put my foot there <laughs> or stumping in a puddle or, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of teased my, my twins. We were walking, looking at some Christmas lights, uh, the other day and it was this big huge puddle and i could see this look in their eye I was glistening i was like don't you do, don't you do it. <laughs> and they were going to go for it but in a party as a parent it's like just let them go for it let them have that one part of being a child in the world that is so exposed just i mean they're exposed to so much it's like the talk when it comes down to intimacy and the birds and the bees, it's like you have to do it earlier now because they're exposed to so much. And even when it comes down to if they're watching YouTube videos, I saw my ch- child, my daughter, in particular, my, my eldest daughter watching a video. And I'm like, oh, this cute. You know, I was like, OK, look, a little anime. And then I saw the character just seeing all t- just like just spewing out all this type of profanity and it was in a whole different way that it was kind of out of context so I was like oh no you can't can't do that but see we didn't have that even with cell phones I remember having the phone that you could only talk when it was free after nine other than that you had minutes these bulky phones I actually had the Blackberry I had the flip phone my child my children let I me mean, say in in particular they have these beautiful glossy phones and then they will still break and crack and you're like really this phone alone is like maybe two car payments and you guys are so careless with it but if you guys had a phone that you only could talk to at nine o'clock you wouldn't do that or they want these phones and they want them just so they can get on social media for instagram i don't see too many kids really talking about Facebook, I I really think that Facebook, and I think that's why I think they are linked to Instagram. I don't know if they bought out. That's not my type of thing to really get into, but more of the younger generation is more into the Instagram. And I think Facebook is like, yeah, your friends, coworkers and church members, you know, like family members. But, um, I don't really, I, I was talking to my son at one time. He was like freaking out because his phone wasn't working um in the area he was in and it was I was like you barely talk on the phone and it was only because of um uh, um Instagram. And one of the things too that we didn't have growing up was all right, every school had their popular kids and you know in the different subgroups. But that was it. It wasn't like on public display. So like if a child gets uh you, you buy your daughter or your son a nice prom, you know, outfitted whatever like that, And their friend gets like 1000 likes for whatever reason. And then your child gets 20 or 40. You know, this rating scale system, I definitely feel like it affects our children's self-esteem. So as parents and as teachers, mentors, it's so important for us to teach our children to understand their worth beyond likes. And I think they were doing something where they were supposed to like take that off, like take the the actual viewing of seeing how many likes you got. But I don't know if they actually did it. I think it was just a say-so because I think it's a marketing thing, too. They know what they're doing with that when it comes down to views. And I think, too, with social media out there, it was a show that came on MTV. I was an MTV person. All the document documentaries that would come on and what else? VH1 as a, a 90s child with behind the music. But it was something. I can't. And escapes me now when it came down to, like I said, getting on, off the rating scale watching videos. That's what I want to talk about. Like we really would watch music videos. Now everybody's YouTube and now the children, your children, you have to watch them. It was a show I cannot think of, but they would do these crazy stunts. Jack. Okay. You know what? It, what I mean? It was Jack donkey. <laughs> I'm doing my best to not cuss. Okay. All right. That's something too. I'm trying to break away from. So anyway, this show would feature people doing wild, crazy stunts. Now you have to really talk to your children and even check out what friends they have because they can like easily start. Like I can get more views if I do this right here, stupid stunt and they're doing it. And it's like these guys, I don't know. They claim they were professionals and they would do a warning and say, do not try this at home. But now just for the likes, it's like children, young adults and some adults too are doing crazy wacky stuff just for the attention and for the likes and for the views. And that's what I don't like. And again, also, the part about parenting is, yes, I'm parenting you. I'm, I'm I'm being engaged, but being linked to the phones. And like, again, despite all the different apps, they tell you to monitor the phone. There's always this one link that can get in. And you know, like I said, just some weirdo could easily pop in your child's uh, DMs, direct message, whatever. So that's the only thing that makes it a little challenging with parenting. All right. Let me stop talking. What a year. All right. So 2019... Um, the end of 2018, 2019 was definitely a roller coaster year with some amazing highs, got a uh, great job offer. Um, I thought I was supposed to be moving to a whole nother city. You have to check out my blog post on that. I'm not going to go into details. It's on purposeful mommy with mini Marie.com. And it says my story matters, even if it's for myself. And it's a little bit about the transition that made my, you know, they have my children and I, that we had to remain in our city. Um, not saying we're going to be here forever, but it just, some things just changed. And like I said, you, one minute you're, you're leaving, you think you're going to another location. I went from being, um, a married mom, you know, into a single mom. And that was a big adjustment, definitely big adjustment. But I definitely can say that, you know, despite all of that, it was, you know, my freshman year, I called it my freshman year as a first year teacher was pretty good. Um, sophomore year, it's a little rocky, but I'm getting through it. And, um, definitely I never really expected this, even though my, my grandmother was my heart. You have to, uh, definitely follow the blog posts and videos and know how much I definitely talk about my grandmother a lot. And she lived two homes down from me. So this year unexpectedly I lost my grandmother and that was very hard for me. And that's another thing too, when it comes down to the holidays, when you lost a loved one so dear and so close, and especially one that you saw so frequently, it does kind of, you know, it can, even when you think about the good times, the sentimental moments, there's still this one part that just, you know, you're still grieving. So I'm just being honest with it. So in grieving, the end of a marriage of 10 years, believe it or not talking about a decade. And then my, my grandmother, it was touching, but I definitely can say, man, I had met some awesome people in my life. Some cool, uh, awesome friends. Got some young friends too. And I like, like a, a whole slew, like, Oh, I'm going to live my best life. And I got a whole bunch of 20 and 19 year olds. No, but I have two <laughs> Two close friends and we're, and we're all educators and I'm glad that we're, we're connected and, and I love the bond that my children share with them. So it was like where one chapter ended, it was definitely God brought some people in my life. Even when the loss of my grandmother, I saw that God brought some older people in my life that can just, you know, no one could take that person's place, but just be an active role as an extension. And When it came down to aunties and uncles, definitely can say that my children are blessed to have some uh, beautiful people in their life to to love on them as an extension to, you know, my parenting role in in the village. So what a decade. So much has happened in this decade in a year. For me, I birthed three babies. (laughs) I would have never thought I was going to have twins. Like what? (laughs) So what a what a year and, you know, buying a home. Talking about this home now, what to do, but definitely it was, it did feel good initially being a home buyer, um, marriage, baby, babies, homeowner. Like I say, it was some great things to happen in a decade for me, um, I wanted to briefly, and I'm not going to go into details too long because I don't like to make a too long of a podcast about just a few lessons I learned when it came down to the close of the year, this decade. One is trust and obey your intuition always. When you get that feeling, obey it. You're not getting it for no reason. Um, Two, I would say, learn as you grow. You know, we always think, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Sometimes you have to learn as you grow, even when it comes down to parenting. You can read as many um, magazines and books on parenting and wellness What whatever decision you make through your parenting journey from homeschooling or others to transition from going back to work or being a stay-at-home mom. But really, it's all about learning as you grow. Also, watch your mouth. Think before you speak. I would love to tell the younger many, what girl, what were you thinking? So think before you speak is simple. Is it true? Is it helpful, inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it and is it kind? And now when I meet others and they haven't heard the think before you speak, I can hear it. I don't like put my mom finger out and point at them like now, nah, you know, you're wrong. But definitely that was a lesson that I learned. Also, step out of your comfort zone. I think we get in our comfort zone it's like this is where I am supposed to be. This is where everyone says I am supposed to be. So I'm going to stay here. No step out of your comfort zone. Next is downtown won't kill you. I think we glorify in this uh, society now about be, being busy and making big moves and posting every big move. Just just make the move. If you're going to lose weight, sometimes just lose it. Just lose it. And after you lose it, then you can go through the process of breaking down how you got there. But everyone doesn't have to see verbatim the the, the journey part. So I would definitely say, you know, what I'm saying downtown, downtime, don't kill you. And if you're going through a major transition in life. It's okay to stop and reflect like you don't have to like, I think a deflection from when we're going through things, is like, I got to make myself busy. One of the things I definitely did on the onset of going through what I went through through a divorce this year, I I took a step back and I'm glad I did because it made me really think about what I want to do when it comes down to putting myself out there and connecting with others and the real, um, part of what I want to really get across with my platform within my ministry. I I definitely want to do that. Next is saying no and receiving no is not the end all of be all. It's like, it's so hard for us to say no. In addition to that, it's like when we hear the word, no, it's like, it's the end of the world. Sometimes you're not going to get that job. Sometimes that person may not want to go out with you <laughs> to this particular event or may not want to go out with you when it comes down to dating or may not want to be your friend. That's not the end of the world saying no to my children the best lessons growing up was I'm so glad my mom told me no, and my grandparents told me no, I didn't get it at the time. But then I was like, thank you for telling me no, you know, sometimes with my friends, thank you for saying no. Cause that let me know that you had boundaries. And then those who receive my no without casting me out, I so appreciate you. So no won't kill you. All right. Going down to six on our 10 lessons I learned um, when it comes down to being purposeful is pray, plan and execute. All right. So before you do anything first, pray, go to God, plan, write it out. In addition to praying it out, put it in your Bible and then execute your plan. You got this boo. All right. Eight is recognize your season. Sometimes it's that season where you need to be like, all right, let's go, get up. You've been talking about this. You've been procrastinating. Let's go. Other times it's that season where you need to chill. Sometimes it's that season where you also need to be kind of to yourself with just a close set of friends. All right. Especially when you're going through some things, you kind of don't need to put yourself out there with people who kind of don't know you. All right. where you got to always relive and you got to start over. Hi, my name is. No, sometimes you need that season. Not that you just isolate yourself from everyone, but you have a close net of people and speaking of that there are also some seasons where you need to kind of get yourself out there all right a little bit more know yet yeah, the season when it's like okay i need to put myself out there and network a little bit more and That other season where i need to chill or that season where you know this may be my season where i can um walk out on faith or this is my season where you know what i need to shut some things down because i done did a whole bunch of things that i kind of regret you get what i'm saying so just recognize your season if it's a season of, of what you may perceive as loss, I could count 2019 is that, but I really not because it's like, there were so many gains. So I never count a season of loss. Um, I believe there's a seasons, uh, there are, there are seasons of removal rebuilding and restoring so that's how I break it down all right also know your people that's so important know your folks know your tribe build your tribe and your vibe attracts your tribe you know that's some real stuff I think sometimes we have so many relationships that end and that are awkward and just funny because we didn't know our people we didn't um, recognize the red flags, or we ignored those red flags, and then we still found ourselves trying to make a connection work that should have never happened. So recognize your people. That's why sometimes I think we get heartbroken. Like those one of your folk, those one of your people, that wasn't your tribe. But when you recognize your tribe, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to know the harmony, the support, the love, the grace given, the forgiven. The um forgiveness that is available when you recognize your people, man, that's some real stuff. All right, definitely got that when it came down to a decade. And also this, um, lastly is know your worth, not in the sense of arrogance, but if you know your worth, that really helps you when it comes down to, again, attracting the connections that are best for you that are equally yoked. In addition to that, when it comes down to a significant other, knowing your worth, even when you, those of us who want to pursue uh, business endeavors, or we're looking for employment, knowing your worth. So you don't sell yourself short, knowing your worth within, not just, uh, as a parent, not just in what you do physically. Like I told someone, uh, a good friend recently, I was like, I, you know, your gift, but if you're not able to do that gift anymore, are you still not worthy? You got to know your worth through Christ. All right. So those are my top 10 lessons. I would say for the decade. And I would like to tell you to meet my new best friends. So for 2020, my new best friends are grace, forgiveness, accountability, action, and love. Wow. What a decade. What I'm going to do for this decade in celebration of the closing of a decade. Hey, you got to hear, check it out. Follow me on this next part. And I'll tell you what we're doing here with P4 on how we're closing out 2020. Thanks so much for joining me for the Purpose-Filled Mommy with Minnie Marie podcast and closing out not only 2019, for the turn and it being 2020, but also for joining me for my first full season within my first podcast. Thank you all so, so much. What I'm going to do with the kids is what I like to do for the New Year's Eve is for us to connect together as a family. I really do. So what I do is I have snacks on deck and we'll allow that time to be a time of just having fun with, um, playing the songs they like to listen to and dance. Um, we all share what we're grateful for, what happened in, you know, the past year and just really fellowshipping together and then allowing that to be a fun, uh, family sleepover or whatever you want to call it. And everyone just connecting and bringing out the sparkling grape juice. So That's what it's going to be for us. And I just definitely appreciate you guys for joining me and supporting Purpose Filled Mommy. So much has happened within that. And when I look back at my life, I remember as a little girl, I used to calculate in school how old I would be in 2020. What would I be doing? Where would I go? And so many of those things have happened. So I'm definitely closing out this decade. And being grateful for the opportunity to connect with you all. Grateful for my children. Grateful for the friends and my tribe that I have. And I'm just, I'm grateful for life. So, you know what I'm going to say? I love you, but God loves you more. It's all in the family. But more importantly, Happy New Year!